0: welcome to Freedom Decoded. We are Demir and Carrie Bentley. We are professional productivity coaches. We're also lifestyle optimizers. We just love experimenting with new ways of living and working. And professionally, we love showing our clients how to get back in control of their time and design their ideal life. You can learn more about what we do at lifehackmethod.com. But this podcast is our forum for letting down our hair a little bit, giving you a peek behind the curtain about what's exciting to us at this moment. And today we're talking about something we're both super excited about, which is ChatGPT and other AI-based technologies.
1: Yes. And this is a huge topic right now. So I guess the disclaimer that we should make is whatever we say right now is dated to June 1st, 2023. So this is changing really, really fast, but we want to get this information out to our clients really as we're learning about it and as we're processing it. And um, we're fortunate enough to be working with thousands of people at the same time. So we get a really cool vantage point to be able to see how people are, are using this, how they're thinking about it, and how industry is thinking about it. So um, maybe we should just start by foregrounding some of the big issues in the space.
0: Yes, okay, great. So for a little bit of background, ChatGPT is new. But according to a study done by Bloomberg, already about 30% of the workforce has tried it. And this is based on a study they cited that was done with about 4,500 professionals. So a pretty big group of people. Um, So it remains to be seen if trying it results in then ongoing use of it. Um, But that is really cool to see with the new technology.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Although I am seeing some people using it and reporting back to me, oh, this is useless. Oh, there's no good use cases for this. And I think that's dangerous because A, it's dead wrong. I've seen a ton of amazing use cases for this. Um, and it is ready for prime time in a bunch of different ways. Um, so that's a dangerous way to approach it, to sort of dismiss it outright. Um, and uh, you know, there, there really are opportunities here that people need to be thinking about.
0: Yeah, I think the key, like you're always saying, is like you have to learn how to use it right. And it's supposed to be a little bit of a learning curve. It's not supposed to be totally intuitive. I remember when social media came out back, a, I mean, over a decade ago. Yeah. Um, I remember feeling like, wow, this is totally It's different. This is a new way of interacting with people. Like, what? you post on their wall you leave
1: comments like what does yeah. this all mean or or even more recently um TikTok you know yeah. even though we were in social media and we were doing the social medias then TikTok came out and frankly I was like I don't get it like what what is this all about
0: we were doing the social medias <laughs> apparently we're not doing them very well well we do have a TikTok account now so go us yes with like
1: 53 followers
0: <laughs> feel free to follow us on TikTok folks um <laughs> Yeah, but I think a lot of people, when something is new and different, they're just like immediately like, well, that's not for me or this, yeah. you know, this is stupid. And I've fallen into that trap myself. So um, I think with ChatGPT, though, it is what we decided is, it's this worth your time?
1: Yes, 100%. If you're listening to this and you follow us, you need to get the message that this is important. It's game changing. It's paradigm shifting. And it is absolutely worth your time. You know, maybe as we start, let's just talk about, because there's so many great videos and discussions about what are large language models what is stable diffusion we're not going to do all these basic definitions like that you can go find that somewhere else i think what people want to hear from us is um how should we think about this mm-hmm. what are the ways that we should be interacting with this and where are the opportunities slash risks if there are i mean i want to start just by talking about perspectives and uh, we touched on it a second ago I think what's dangerous is to get a series of mindset locks about this. And when whenever new technology comes out, you find that you can easily as a human being get sort of trapped or locked into a certain perspective. So one perspective or lock is, oh, this is just a waste of time. This is just the new fad and this will be gone. I don't have to pay attention to this. So I call this the just dismissive lock, right? You just get locked in this idea of like, nah, don't worry about it. This isn't a big thing you know, this, this isn't useful. This is just the new, you know, flavor. flash in the pan or totally. flavor of the flavor month.
0: of the month. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think we know enough about chat GPT, chat GPT and AI now that um, we know that it's here to stay. Enough people are adopting it that it's that we feel certain that it is providing value. Um, and we can attest to that. Like we've been using it. We've encouraged our team members to use it. We've been talking to our clients about them using it. And it seems like there's a variety of instances, not every instance, just like there are a variety of use cases where it can be very useful.
1: Yeah, I'm doing a training on this right now that we're gonna be giving in our Lifehack Tribe. And I started this list of, let's just create a short list of all the things that it can be useful for. It was pages and pages and pages of use cases. So if you're out there thinking, oh, it's only good for this one thing, you are dead wrong. And if you're a tribe member, you should come to this training because I'm just going to exhaustively give you a list of everything that I've seen that it could be super useful for. Yeah. Another mindset lock can be fear. Yes. Where we just get locked into this idea where we know that it's game changing and we know it's paradigm shifting, but we get locked in this fearfulness around it. And this can be Particularly easy trap to fall into yeah. because that's sort of what the media is Absolutely. banging on about right now. I
0: just read a news article last week about how this lawyer in this super big case um, used ChatGPT to pull a bunch of examples. It asked ChatGPT, like, what are some previous you know historical cases that had these characteristics and blah blah blah, and the result that it got was entirely falsified. Like ChatGPT just made up cases um, and the you know that can be really scary especially if you're a new user you're like what like it's not even giving me the right answers like what the heck is this
1: so a good disclaimer here is watch out for fear-based media bias a good example here is um, whenever there's an accident in the tesla with self-driving you will hear all about it oh person died using self-driving what they don't then say you know what they don't hasten to add is if you look statistically across all of drivers who are using self-driving in a Tesla versus normal drivers, it is way safer to be using a Tesla right. using self-driving. And so you could be led to think something completely inaccurate if you simply go with the vibe or the feeling or the narrative yeah. that you're getting in the media. And one of those big narratives around, uh, around large language models and, and AI is… Fear-based. You're going to lose your job, or this is going to, you know, destroy society, or you know, humankind is under in jeopardy. So just really watch out, getting locked into that frame. Why? Because when you are locked in fear, you can't get curious. Yep. You can't see opportunity. You can't get excited about it. You can't get passionate about it. So watch out for that lock.
0: Yeah, and I want to preface this by saying, like, it's true to some extent. Like, you, ChatGPT will be wrong sometimes. It can actually hallucinate things that don't exist so that goes back to our point about you do have to know how to use it correctly
1: and what its limitations are
0: totally so it's not just like it's not binary like either it's good or it's bad it's like it can be used for good yes and i think your point is like if you're able to stay in that curious fun exploratory space of like possibility with it then that's where you're going to start to see early adopters thriving and then getting the most value from it
1: So that that brings me to our last mindset lock that people can get into, which is thinking they know. And so you'll hear a lot of experts here because there's talking heads in the media and and everybody wants to give you a perspective of this is how it's going to roll out this is how it's going to happen and uh, i'll give you an example where somebody thought they know that was absolutely wrong so the godfather of ai this is somebody who really knows what they're talking about predicted five years ago that radiologists would be out of a job because uh, ai would be able to spot tumors way better than radiologists actually that ended up being true in part. It is actually true that AI can spot tumors way better than radiologists, but radiology is still a thriving profession Mm -hmm. and there's still human beings like operating it. In fact, you haven't seen mass layoffs in radiology. And so what it has ended up becoming is a tool for radiologists, not a replacement for radiologists. And so watch out for people who say, this is what's going to happen. You'll notice that in this podcast and in other venues, we're never going to tell you this is how it's going to roll out because the economy and humankind is very dynamic. And what you often see is it's very easy to see what could be lost. But what you don't see is how people are going to respond to that. And how human human beings can get creative yeah. and create new opportunities. And so this is why, why people have always been dramatically inaccurate in, you know, projecting the impacts of uh, new technology on the economy and society, because they can usually see what we're going to lose, but they can't see what we're going to gain.
0: Right. Yeah. And like you said, like human beings are innately creative, like we're driven to add value wherever we can. And so historically that's what we do with new technologies. Like we find a way to adapt.
1: Totally. So let's talk about some of the problems that are still inherent into, you know, ChatGPT, these large language models and AI generally.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think going back to what we said before, it it can be wildly wrong. It can hallucinate things that don't exist. Like you do have to watch out for that. Um, I would say another problem is like people using it and just not being that impressed with it right off the bat. I certainly fell into that camp. I was sort of like, oh, like, I'm not sure if this is any better than me just Googling something. You know, their answers, the the way it writes is so blah. Their their ideas is so blah. Like, you know, where's the value? And I think um, the problem with that specific thing is you do have to learn how to query it correctly. Yes.
1: A good example of this is um i had told you that i was loving using chat gpt to write new youtube scripts and blog posts and get creative with it and your response was no it's no good for that because it just gives you very generic answers so if you say like you know what's the best way to get productive, it'll give you five of the most generic, obvious examples that you've ever seen. But then you have to follow up with it and say, hey, this is great, can you give me five more advanced examples? Or you can even query it and say, okay, this isn't what I'm looking for, give me some out of the box or counterintuitive examples. Or you can even prompt it to say, I want you to answer that question um, through the voice of Tony Robbins or Mel Robbins or a specific thinker or a specific, um, you know, like GTD, a specific methodology or framework. And all of a sudden you'll find that the the more refined that your queries are, whoa, it can go from a terrible response to a really good response.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think so that the way you query it has a big impact on the quality of the response. But I think um, sort of the tie off the problem set um It has been inconsistent.
1: That's the big problem. That's the hugest problem.
0: This is the biggest problem for companies, because if you're trying to use a technology to replace work or add value to your workflow, you need to be able to rely on it to have consistently good responses, a consistent quality.
1: If you flip it, that actually is hope for all of us humans. (laughs) So the fact, let's give a really specific example. What I was using ChatGPT to do is I would have a big live zoom call and there'd be like hundreds of people in the zoom call and everybody'd be asking questions and then i would take the entire chat you know um transcription and i would drop it into chat gpt and say hey pick out all of the questions here and then i would follow up and i would say okay simplify these questions you know because some people would write a paragraph some people would write one sentence and then i would ask it to categorize the questions and i was at a 12 p.m call and it worked perfectly i i was like oh this is amazing chef's kiss like we're gonna do this every single time then on the 7 PM on call i did the exact same queries and it just couldn't figure out how to do it and so this is a very common thing that you can ask Ch- chat gpt the same question twice and the first time it gives you a great answer and the second time it totally poops the bed on mm-hmm. the answer so that's actually bad for business owners and good for employees. Yeah, It's bad for business owners because it means that you can't just like willy-nilly fire all of your employees and replace them with ChatGPT because it doesn't have consistency. Um, but it's good for employees because it lets you know that, hey, this is technology is not even close to being there yet. And in fact, that's a fundamental aspect of Chat GPT that like is fairly unchangeable. So this is not something that they're just gonna fix next week. Uh, that's a real like ingrained quality of ChatGPT is that every single time it's sort of going to hallucinate a completely new answer.
0: Which means it needs sort of like a human handler, right? Like the human being is still centric to the organization because we have the ability to be consistent with our creativity and our thought process.
1: Precisely. So why don't we share with people, Carrie, our perspectives so far, and I wanna emphasize the so far, what are our perspectives so far on how people should be looking at this technology?
0: Yeah. So our first perspective is making sure that you are adapting a positive and productive view vis-a-vis new technologies. So that means instead of switching into like fear and victimhood of like, I don't want to learn a new thing, or this isn't going to work, or I'm afraid for my job. Like those are all very unproductive, unhelpful mindsets. And if you have that, like, you know, you're never going to be able to see what it has to offer you. And in fact, it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like you probably won't be able to keep up with the rest of the market. And so then you'll slip behind.
1: So these are these mindset locks, right? And and I want to put a finer point on this. When you are in fear, when you are in victimhood or false certainty, Around or apocalyptic thinking around this technology, it is virtually impossible for you to sponsor a sense of curiosity and excitement and interest in this technology. And so just know if you want to be one of those people that's on the cutting edge of this, that is learning from this and is seeing the possibility and reaping the possibility of this, you've got to have some degree of curiosity and interest and you can't be curious or interested when you're in fear, or you're in anxiety, or you're in apocalyptic thinking around this,
0: right? Exactly. You want to do what it takes to stay optimistic, curious, excited about it. Uh, you had a great analogy that you shared the other day, which was like, "Hey, like this wave is coming. It's coming whether you like it or not. You can either let it, you know, go right, roll over you basically in the water, or you can take the opportunity to ride it. It's like, which one are you going
1: to do?" Yeah, and I think there's this great examples here. If you think back, because we've had a lot of like revolutionary technologies hit us in the last 20 to 30 years. So let's just take YouTube, for example, right? I mean, if you think back, would I, if I could get back in a time machine and tell myself what YouTube was going to be and and how much money people could make off of it, do you think that I might have gotten onto YouTube and gotten curious about it and gotten excited about it a little bit earlier? Of course I would have. The same for TikTok, the same for like, I could pick out a hundred different things that I wish in retrospect, I'd been a little bit more curious about. And maybe in the moment I was dismissive, in the moment I was like, eh, whatever, um, or I didn't see immediate value. And so I was waiting to see the value, but there's people who are actually on the front edge of that wave who are saying like, I don't yet know what the value is. I don't yet know what it can do and what it can't do, but I want to be on the cutting edge Of understanding what it can do i want to be one of those people so a good example is mr beast um so mr beast uh, for those of you don't know uh, he's probably going to be the first youtube billionaire he has one of the most watched channels but also has now spawned like uh you know restaurant chains and like merchandising i mean this guy is going to be the first youtube billionaire it's just a matter of time and he got into youtube when there was absolutely no revenue connected to it, when nobody knew what it was gonna be. His first videos were terrible, just shamefully terrible. And this guy is not naturally somebody who you think would be good on camera. It, he was just somebody who was early mm-hmm. and curious and passionate about the format. And so it, think back, if you're listening to this, you know, really just do an internal gut check. Think back to the last 30 years and ask yourself, if I could send myself a message in the bottle in the past and say, Get into YouTube early. It's yeah. <laughs> You could really crush it. Wouldn't you have done that? And this is a big example of where that's going to be true.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, so an- another perspective that we have on it, this is my favorite one, is that AI is simply going to be an accelerant. Yeah. What do I mean by that? Well, a lot of people are, you know, they're seeing articles being written by by ChatGPT and they're very dismissive of them. Like, why would you be proud of that? That doesn't, it's not coming from you anymore. Like, why wouldn't you want to have your own unique voice and creative voice? And our perspective is sort of like, well, you know, it we're not talking about using ChatGPT to totally replace creative processes, we're talking about using it as an accelerant to creative processes. Yep. Because imagine how much more creative output you could do if you just were able to get your brain working a little bit faster. Like you had, say, you know, another person working side by side with you and their only job was to help you come up with 10 new ideas yep. for something. And even if those were really bad ideas, at least you know like, what ideas you don't want to pursue, which is sometimes what happens with ChatGPT.
1: So think about your favorite authors. Like what if some of the best thinkers and authors today could publish instead of one book every three to five years, they could publish a book every year. How many more great books? How many more great ideas? would we have in society? Think about um, same thing for media. Think about people who are amazing at creating music or art. Think about people who are putting incredible ideas out. What if they could do ten times that work? Think about programming. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people say, "Oh, programmers, are, you know, it's not a safe, uh, you know, industry anymore. You know, ChatGPT is going to take over programming." But what you're missing there is, what if for every programmer who exist today ChatGPT is going to mean that we can do 10 times more programming work at one-tenth the cost how many yeah you know, i'm just asking this to me and you there's a lot of projects that we haven't even considered in our business because the cost of hiring a programmer is so prohibitively high that we've just dismissed it out of hand and just said Oh no we can't do that but now we're thinking about doing some database work and so and creating new database structures and new reporting for our company because we actually are interfacing with a programmer who is accelerating themselves using chat gpt so you know what we tend to forget is this opportunity for ai to become a massive accelerant in the economy and in fact final factoid here a lot of major economists are starting to project that this is gonna add one to one and a half percent growth in GDP just in the next year to two, Wow! right? So we're we're just going to see massive acceleration. And so I think this narrative of like AI as a replacer is false. Yeah. It's actually gonna be that AI is an accelerant. Accelerate
0: Exactly, exactly. In fact, we are downright expecting all of our team members and contractors to be using ChatGPT because it's like why wouldn't you if it makes your ideas come faster and serves as an accelerant and but of course like we do expect that sort of like improvement in productivity to get passed on to us right like we're all going to benefit here there's no
1: losers. A great example of this is you had a conversation with our copywriter and you said hey listen we're not looking for this like next month but we do have an ex- expectation over the next year that we're either going to get a discount on your work or we're going to get more value from the current pricing that we're paying you. Because at this point, if we've got a copywriter who's not using ChatGPT versus a copywriter who is, we know we can get more value as the client. More pieces of
0: content and more forums. More more ideas,
1: more more things that we can test. I mean, it's an expectation for us and it'll very soon become an expectation for everybody in society. So again, perspective number two, AI is a massive accelerant, but I, I just wanna emphasize here, there will be winners and losers. Yeah. The winners will be people who recognize that and seek very early to see how can I use this to provide more value in the economy. And the losers are gonna be people who get trapped in those mindset locks, fear and right. un- uncertainty, false, or sorry, false certainty, apocalyptic thinking. Those are gonna be the people who are the losers here.
0: Yeah. And the third perspective that we wanted to share is that um, remember that the economy never cuts things that it finds valuable. We live in a capitalist society and it's driven by value. So you don't have to worry as long as you are using ChatGPT to make yourself a more valuable tool in the marketplace.
1: Yeah. So there's going to be gradations here, right? Even at the very bottom level, if you can just use ChatGPT, To enhance or preserve your current value, you can say keep your job or keep your place in the marketplace. I think slightly bigger winners are going to be people who really use this to um, provide maybe I wouldn't say put themselves out of a job, but 10x accelerate their value and really offer something completely new and novel to their clients. I'll give an example in a second how we're thinking about doing this, right? And the richest people are gonna be people who envision a way to put themselves out of a job and and can get excited about something new yeah. that they can do afterwards. So a couple of examples here are that as soon as I heard this come out, I was like, Carrie, I wanna create an AI chatbot that is trained on the last 10 years of my coaching. And your reaction was?
0: Oh, Demir. <laughs> Another demure crazy idea.
1: Yeah. And and I did not know how we were going to use it at that point. I had no idea. And, and I wouldn't say that I was in fear, but there was a non-zero possibility that it would work so well that then the question becomes, well, do people even need me anymore? Right. But I knew that we would always be better off being at the cutting edge of this, not being at the tail end of it, not letting it roll over us, not being surprised by what it can do, but knowing intimately what it can do. And I really needn't have worried because we are building this chatbot. It is really good in its answers. And what we're finding is that this is going to be able, we're going to be able to use this to enhance the value of our offering to our clients in some really important ways. So I'll just give you a couple small examples. Number one is we're going to be able to offer it to all of our coaches so that no matter who you're talking to in our organization, you're gonna get an answer that is as good as I would have personally given you. Right. Right. We're not gonna call it Demirbot, but it really is in some ways that. It's been trained on every answer I've given over the last 10 years. So that means that if you're talking on a welcome call with one of our coaches and you ask them a really complicated question, they're gonna be able to really quickly plug that in and the answer you're gonna get is gonna, is going to be as good as I would have given you, right? Or at least some approximation of as good. And so that, brings up the whole water level. Where Notice what I'm not saying. I'm not saying, oh, we're just gonna fire our coaches. I'm not saying I'm gonna fire myself and stop doing coaching. What I'm saying is we're gonna be able to increase the baseline quality of all of our answers to all of our clients. And that's a huge value add.
0: Right, and the other things too, like they'll be able to get faster responses rather than having to wait, or say they have a customer service issue. If there's an AI attached to customer service, they can get a response like right away instead of having to wait. So it's a huge win-win. It's going to help all of our team members perform better and it's gonna deliver higher satisfaction with our clients.
1: Yeah, and and of course, remember again, the biggest winners here are gonna be people who've got the creative creativity to imagine what's a new possibility with this that just never existed before, and that's like the new economy. If anybody tells you what that's going to be, you can rest assured they're selling you a bill of goods. Like, we don't know what it's going to be, and that's a huge opportunity. I mean, this is such a huge disruption that a lot of incumbent players this is an opportunity for very small players to come in and play in in areas that they weren't able to play before because this is just such a huge shakeup. So if you're looking to be the new rich in this economy, this is a huge opening of a window.
0: Yeah, so in conclusion, you know, win, lose, draw, the one thing we know for sure is that this is something that you should be experimenting with and getting excited about. And like Demir said, we are doing a whole in-depth training on ChatGPT for our Lifehack Tribe members this month. So if you're not in Lifehack Tribe yet, this is a perfect time to join. You can join at lifehackmethod.com forward slash tribe, or there'll be a link in the description.
1: Okay. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. We're going to see you next time.